Hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a great episode today with a guest who I'll bring on in just a moment. She's a coaching student who's been in our program for less than two months now. She's been exposed to e-commerce for several years now. She's sold some on eBay and she's sold some unused products that she didn't need, extra things laying around the house, right? So she's comfortable selling things on eBay and selling things online. But she started playing around on Amazon. She considered getting into some very expensive courses, as you'll hear her talk about today. Some of the other courses in the market that cost thousands of dollars. It just didn't feel right making that huge commitment. So when she found the Proven Amazon course, found our free Facebook group, found this podcast, well, she started to get pretty excited and she jumped in and took off very rapidly. So here we are two months in. She's had so far, uh, just as of today, she has a $13,000 rolling 30 days of sales at really nice margins. We dive into all of that, how she's finding her products. She's found... 100 replins at this point, which again, those are those underserved listings on Amazon that we teach you how to sell against. That's what we teach in the Proven Amazon course. That's the basic beginner Amazon model that we teach to all new sellers. From there, you can go in many different directions and we love to see our sellers grow and expand into other opportunities that kind of capitalize on that early momentum of the replins business. But She's there now. She's built an incredible business. She works full-time, as you'll hear her share. She's got a full-time job. But in the extra hours that she has in her week, she, along with the help of her son, who's helping her label and box up the products that she's buying, they've built an incredible business very rapidly. We talk a lot today about uh, how she uses Keepa to accent her ability to go in and find profitable underserved listings on Amazon. If you're interested in hearing more about what Keepa is, what it does, go back and listen to podcast episode 369. You'll find that very helpful. I think you'll want to keep in mind too the fact that this is a very new student. Again, I can't emphasize that enough. This isn't someone who's been doing this for a year. This is someone who's been at it just a few weeks, as you'll hear her describe. And she, she reports there's days where she finds 20 profitable products. Not every day. She also expresses some days are frustrating and I sit there for a few hours and only find a couple profitable products, profitable listings that I can sell against. So she's very realistic. She's very transparent. I think you'll appreciate that and hopefully uh, you'll be encouraged by it. Well, let's jump over. I think that's a sufficient uh, introduction for our guest today. Let's jump over and meet Stephanie Correo. Let's enjoy the interview together. So Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Looking forward to get to know you a little bit. Let's get into your story. Yeah. So basically, I've always wanted to kind of sell on Amazon for a while. Like you've known, my job is very demanding. So having the extra time is very hard. But I knew that I just kind of had to just start. I mean, I've sold on eBay. I've had an eBay account since 2007. But like little things here and there, just, you know, stuff that I couldn't get rid of, stuff that I had around the house. And I just, you know, I sold it over, you know, the years. So I said, you know what, let me jump into this Amazon. I've always seen like the sponsored ads, like on Instagram, you know, all these, I guess, gurus, they call them. And uh, I watched, I couldn't even tell you the amount of YouTube videos I watched, but I'm not a big YouTube person either. And watched a few of those, 
people offering these courses for five, ten thousand dollars. I'm like, what? No way. Like, that's not, I would, you know, that's just crazy. So during like all my Googling searches, basically, I found Proven Amazon course. And what attracted me right away was I'm like, all right, it's $29 a month. I'm okay with losing $29 as opposed to five, ten thousand dollars So I joined the Facebook group, which has been phenomenal. Like in the beginning, I was just a lurker, you know, and I would search the questions that I had because I wasn't like really into it. So I said, let me start, open up my Amazon account, opened up my Amazon account, did the verification, the whole thing. August 27th is when I, it was completely opened. So not Um, even two months ago. No. And just from watching the courses that I've actually watched, because I am a hands-on learner, I cannot watch courses and learn anything because I am so fast paced that I'll lose like the whole track of everything that I just watched. And then I'd have to go back and watch it again. So for me, it was just, it was hard, but I did grab some tips. I, I actually, before I got the coaching, I actually learned more just from the Facebook group. So I watched, you know, some of the courses on just going out into like the retail stores and I will never forget it. It was the weekend of Labor Day. So I think it was like September 4th. And I said to my now boyfriend, I said, let's let's go to Walmart. It was a Friday night. It was like 10 o'clock. The Walmart by me are open sometimes 24 hours. So we go and I just start scanning stuff. Now I was gated in a lot of things in the beginning. So I just thought I'm going down the aisles and I'm just thinking of stuff that I would purchase either for my son or myself. And what people would kind of like buy, like I am a, before I even get into it, I am probably one of the biggest Amazon shoppers in the world, you know, and I buy everything off Amazon. So I'm like, all right, so what would people buy? Like, what do I buy on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis? So I, again, I'm going down the aisles and I just picked up some like toys, not well, like kids furniture stuff. Like I bought, um, a wastebasket and stuff that I wasn't gated in. And I spent maybe about a hundred bucks and I bought some Halloween stuff. I said, oh, this will probably go. So I listed all the stuff that night. And now this is before I even stepped into FBA. I said, I'll do this myself because I was familiar with it with eBay. Right. You were going to ship it yourself, basically, is the plan. Right. I didn't know much about FBA at the time. So I said, I'm I'm just going to jump into it. Like I am not going to, I'm just going to jump into it and I'll go with the flow. Good for you. So I, and I listed some books because I saw that in the the course. I listed some books that I had. And my first sale, I think was probably September 6th. And it was a book that I had. And it sold for like 20 bucks. And I was like, wow. I shipped it out and I was so excited with that first sale. Like I was like, wow, this is great. This actually works. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, like it was yeah. great. And it would like come up on the app, like the ching or whatever it was, the noise. And I was so excited. Then the stuff that I bought in Walmart was selling. And I was like, oh, wow, this is the greatest story though. So 
the Sunday of Labor Day, I had a wedding and I had bought like maybe three, I think, waste baskets and they all sold out that weekend. So when I left the wedding, but a good profit, it was about a 20% profit. Nice. After all fees. After all fees and the shipping, because I was shipping it myself. Sure. Because you were shipping it yourself. Right. So I left the wedding and I was like, Walmart's only 10 minutes away. Let me go get more of these waste baskets. So now here I am in a gown, leaving a wedding. I'm in Walmart. People are looking at me. I said, yeah, I just left the wedding. I'm sorry. And they only had three in stock. So I took them, sold them that, that week. They were gone. I was like, okay. So now I was getting like the, I guess, groove of how this works. Yeah. But it really, I mean, I don't know if that would be a, a replan because it's not something people are like something that people, but then again, I'm like, I don't even know what a replan is at this, at, at that point. At that point, you had no idea. You just no knew idea. there's potential here. I mean, you, you bought a few items based half on instinct and just scanning a barcode, which are skills all of us can learn in 30 seconds. It, and you were getting results. You just kind of randomly scanned a few barcodes, went kind of on instinct even, and found those first few items. And it, and it took off from there. We hear that so often. It's the people who get stuck in the analysis and like, oh, I've got to find that perfect product. And oh, I don't want to lose $3, <laughs> you know, t- try to sell something on Amazon. It doesn't sell. No, you've got to get out there and experiment. Maybe even if you had sold those trash cans at a loss, I would still call it a victory. Exactly. So you sold those little things at a, at, a, at a profit. How did you make the decision on the trash cans? Did you scan the barcode and just see the price difference? Yes, I scanned the barcode, but it wasn't, uh, was it listed? Yes, it was listed. Yeah, typically. Um, it's hard to set up a new listing on Amazon if you're new, especially. So I, I doubt that you did that right off the bat. Oh, well, I set up quite a few at the first week, but we'll get did into you? that. Good for you. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that eBay. It's like, hey, I'm used to setting up new listings. That's what all the eBay sellers have to do every time, right? <laughs> right. Well, another thing too is when I was when I was scanning the items, I was like, but if I'm gated in this, how am I gated in this? Like I was, again, like I was just going with the flow. I'm like, I'll learn my lessons as I go. So got the waste baskets. I paid $9 for them. I sold them for 30. And <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. So I started getting into the course more. And then like the sales slowed, like, because that's, I only had, you know, a few items. I bought like a, a bottle, just like a squeeze bottle. It was like 97 cents. I sold it for like eight bucks, but then the shipping was killing me. So I was like, I really didn't want to get into the FBA because I didn't know how it worked. And I was intimidated. Like I, and I'm usually not, but I was. So I had, I forgot how I got reached into with the, the coaching. But I, either somebody reached out to me or I, re- I think I reached out to somebody on your team. And I said, you know, I'm interested in the coaching. And then I had the call with... Deborah, maybe? Deborah. You said her name. Yes. I think we've only got one lady on the phone right now at the office. Yes. And she was so helpful. And, you know, she told me how it works and everything else. And I, and I was like, listen, I was like, I need this. Like, I'm not going to go and be successful if I don't know what I'm doing. And watching the courses over and over isn't going to help me. So I decided to sign up with the coaching. It was probably mid-September. About a month ago. Yeah, definitely a month ago. And then I went forward with the the coaching. I set up my first call with Gail. And 
from that one call that I, the first call I had with her, all she needed to do was just kind of show me how to look for products and just basically show me hands-on. And the next day I probably found about 10 products. You found 10 good replans now that we know what that is, right? Yes. And did you do that one day, your first day? First day. That's fantastic. Yeah. How are those replans going for you so far? Amazing. <laughs> well, out of the, not all 10, but I would say about three out of the 10, I can't even stop them fast enough. Basically. Sure. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about them without creating competitors for yourself. So I found a grocery item, basically. Uh, it was a two pack. Thankfully, I haven't gotten any of the uh, GTIN issues on that one. I did get it on a few other listings, but I sold out of those. So I said, all right, well, let me, let me try this. You know, I, so I bought five to test. And after I got off the phone with my coach, the next day she told me how to, to do the FBA and she's like, you know, definitely do it. So yeah. I had bought like raises and I didn't even care to make a profit on them. I just wanted to use it as like a test run. Sure. Um, and I bought them like, I bought 10 of them. So I said, you know what? I'm going to send this. I already have them. I'm going to send them in to FBA. That next day, created the shipment, sent them in. Which, by the way, they just got checked in yesterday, that first package. Since then, I've sent out about 30. But even just to break even, I just said, I just want to get the feel of it. So the next day, I found this product, one bundle, which was great. I'm like, I'm selling it for 20 bucks. I pay six. Well, it's like five and change. It was like six bucks. I'm paying for it. Sent them in. It took a while for them to get checked in, but all five of them sold out an hour. One hour. Like, One hour. <laughs> I was like, wait a what second. What are you making? Eight, eight, seven, eight dollars net profit, yeah. I'm guessing, kind of approximately, yeah. right? Per, I keep yeah. my profits anywhere between, like, some of them are 20, some of them are, most of them are 30 and above. But like when I first started, I kept them 20. Some of them were like 15 because I was just going with the flow. This one is about 20%. So I'm like, okay, now I got to get more. Thankfully, Fresh Direct, which is right near my house, they delivered them the next day. And they, they, there's no max. Like I came across a lot of stores that I buy from. There's like a max 12 or a max 10 that you can buy. So buying them every day. There's, there's no max. So that, they literally that store is no max. So you're you're sourcing locally, local retail stores, having some of it delivered online. Yeah. But it's it's coming from a local store. Yes. Okay. So you haven't really ventured truly into OA online. Oh no, I have. Oh, oh have no. you? Okay. Yeah, this was just the first one. We're just getting was... rolling. Oh yeah. That was like it was so easy. Like I was like, wow. And they delivered it right to my door. Yeah. I gave the guy, you know, a five dollar tip. I was like, thanks, you know. And that's how I've been buying that product. They literally deliver it right to my door. Like the, the truck comes, the refrigerated truck, it comes, it drops it off. And that's been like one of my greatest products. A refrigerated truck? You're not selling a cold item, are you? No, they just come in a refrigerated truck. I got you. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay. So now I know. So then I started, the, that was the, the second day after I spoke with my coach. So now every day I've been taking like, I would get all my work done for my, my daytime job. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep like a few hours just to source. And I, there are days where I can source and find 20 products. But I'm telling you, I am putting in the work. 
It's not happening in 20 minutes. Right. There are days that I am doing sourcing for five hours. So when I like when people like just when I see people like, well, you know, it's easy. It's not easy. Like no, I'm going to be, it's not. You'll it never hear not, that from me. <laughs> it is not easy. And I will, there are days that sometimes I don't finish my work till six o'clock. And then if I know I have nothing to do at, at night, we'll, we'll have dinner and then I'll go back on my computer and I'm there till 10, 11 o'clock at night. This mm-hmm. was in the beginning because I was so like gun ho to find the products. Yeah. I want, I just wanted to keep re- I just wanted to keep sending in products. Yeah. So the first, probably the first week, I'm going to say, I was sourcing probably like five hours each day, even on the weekends, found a lot of products. You know, How many do you I, have now? Total replens. Whether they're good replens. I mean, right now I have like, I have over a hundred products listed. The ones that are selling profitably or have sold profitably or are selling profitably for you. How many would you say? Uh, probably about 50. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's tremendous. And you're, you're a couple months in tops. Not even two months. Yeah. yeah. About a month into the coaching program. Yeah. That's tremendous. Was, well I done. That's <laughs> outstanding. Thank you. You're very serious about this. I am. What is your... Remind me again. I, I, I read your bio and I've forgotten. I apologize. What's your work? Um, and how many well, hours do you do? You're full-time? I'm full-time with Amazon? No. No, no, your 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 real job, your paycheck. Oh yeah, no, it's full time. It's it's from it's full time. I do accounting for a construction firm. Been with them for fifteen years. Like I said in my bio, I've worked my whole life since I was fifteen. I put myself through college. You know, I never not worked. So I yeah, always- you've you've always had a job. You've always been a, a go getter, get out there, get it done, right? Yeah. I, I, that that was kind of my story too. And so I discovered discovered entrepreneurship and e-commerce. I didn't really have a an entrepreneurial influence in my life until I kind of stumbled into it on the other side of college and those first couple jobs, you know. So I, I've tried to instill that in our kids, that entrepreneurial spirit. But you know, I, I certainly didn't have it young. Uh, yeah. I just worked hard. I got the best yeah. job I could and I, I put my heart and soul into it. And I was a good worker, but man, this is so much better. <laughs> so you kind of got the bug now, I think, right? This whole having your own business thing. <laughs> that's what I want. I mean, I've, I have like, I have several other businesses that I, you know, for myself, like I do, you know, during tax season, I have my own firm, but it's not, it's not like sustainable to live off of, but it's again, I've always had my hand in something else. Like I have multiple streams of income, but not enough to survive on if I didn't have my regular job. Yeah. But but I can see that just the, your enthusiasm for this opportunity, you're recognizing this could be that. That's what I want. And like one of my questions for you was where, how do you, how do I, I can't even explain it. Like I have, I know I can do this. I just have that doubt where, well, with the sales going up and down, it, you know, is it ever going to be enough for me to live off of as I live now? Mm-hmm. I do make a great salary. So I know that I have to work quadruple to make it and doing it both my job now and this, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. I, w- I would love to dive into that. Let's keep going with your story. We'll make that the first question we kind of hit as after we've kind of unpacked 
it, yes. that gives me some time to think through my answer too, because I, I know a fair amount of what I would say, but I want to think it through a little bit with you. But let's keep going with your story and we'll jump into that question kind okay. of like next segment, right? So keep, let's keep it going. You've, you found about 100 replans. You know 50 of them are profitable. You're doing all the work yourself. You're sourcing primarily locally retail stores. You're having some of those things delivered to you. Yes. I'm doing a lot of online arbitrage. When I find, like now that I've gotten better at sort, well, got the hang of sourcing. And I have like three different ways that I source. You know, I will just look for products that I know I would buy. And basically that's really, if I'm going to just search like on Amazon, I will go to the products that I buy. And then I somehow go down like a rabbit trail and then- research. Yeah, I will. Talk, I, why don't you talk me through that? Because there's going to be some people who are right now where you were a couple months ago, not even like their basic understanding. If someone said, hey, go buy find a profitable product, they might just go look like, hey, here's the stuff I like and just, you know, try to sell it. Okay. Right. So what is a replan? Put it in your words. I like challenging, especially new students who've kind of been through the paces a little bit. If you had to tell a, a friend what a replan is, define okay. it. So let me, all right. So for, I love crystal light and I like to have cases of it and going into the local grocery stores, you're lucky if you find like two or three of the flavors you like. So probably for the last three years, I've been buying my crystal light on Amazon and I know I'm overpaying it. I know, I know it. But you don't care because they get the flavors you want and you can grab it right now, right? Exactly. So that was one of the products I looked up, you know, like crystal light. And it just so happens that I had a case. So I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell this and see if it sells. It sold right away. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So I went to a listing that I actually bought from and did the, I guess, I think it was the advanced keeper training, but the list of sellers to, you know, grab the list of sellers, put it in keeper. And I just, I can't, like, I can't, I'm trying to explain how I find the product. I will either go through Keepa and search for products based off of like out of stock. And then I just rabbit trail off of, I'm never consistent. I will go through all the sellers. And if I don't like how I'm feeling and finding products, then I'll go back to Keepa and start from there, as opposed to going through the list of sellers, if that makes sense. Yep, it does. Um, And then again, if, if neither of that works, then I'll go in and think of products that I buy and go that way. And then I'll go through those lists of sellers. And I always end up just going from store to store to store and the products that they're selling. Like for instance, I, one of like my, one of the beginning products that I buy, I bought from a local wholesaler in my neighborhood. And I just, well, not just found out, but when I found out they had their own Amazon store, I said, wait a second, let me go through their store. So I went through their store, seeing what you know they're charging me and what they're charging on Amazon. I was like, hmm, interesting, because they're selling the same products that they're selling on their storefront. So I bought some of their products. Some of it, probably 95% of my products are profitable. Whether they're selling fast is a different story. So let me go back. When I said about 50% of my items are profitable. Right. All my items are profitable. They're just probably 50% are moving quickly. Have a nice velocity of selling at least a handful per month. Oh yeah. Oh right. yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, which, which is kind of our definition of a good replan. So let All me just right. fill in the gap a little bit if someone's new and they're listening to this and like, what are they talking about? Replan, Kipa, what is all that? I encourage you to go back and listen to podcast episode 369 to learn what Kipa is and why we love it. It's a tool, very inexpensive, about 20 bucks a month. No matter where you live in the world, it's going to help you identify what we call underserved listings. I really like that terminology. Does that resonate with you as I say it, Stephanie, underserved listings on Amazon? Yes. You're not really looking for profitable products so much. Right. You're looking for underserved listings and Keepa helps you do that. I'm curious, have you been through the advanced Keepa training yet inside the Proven Amazon course? I've been through some of it, yes. Brian Olson's, yeah. And yes, actually, that's they, how I learned about the list of sellers. Exactly. To pull the list of sellers, you yes. You find other sellers, you kind of look at what else they're doing. You sell alongside their most profitable underserved listings, right? And you yes. can get really good really fast at finding great opportunities. And I like how you started with products you're familiar with. Yes. Not trying to determine, to be clear, you weren't trying to determine, is this product profitable? That's where most people start. Instinctually so. That's where an eBay seller, sometimes eBay sellers are some of our biggest challenges because they're thinking, okay, is this a profitable product? Yes or no? Like, well, on some listings mixed in with a blue marker, it actually is. But on other listings sold as a three-pack by itself, no, it's a waste of time, right? So where are those underserved listings where there's opportunity for this product? That's the replans game. And so you start off maybe searching for your favorite dry erase marker, but you have to bunny trail around and see where all it appears, what other markers are popular right now, what other markers are in underserved listings. That bunny trailing is where you spend your time and, and you've been able to find 50 relatively fast moving, nice velocity replin products. Congratulations. Thank you. you. You have the head knowledge now, the basic skill knowledge, the obstacles you have, which will kind of lead us into that question we're going to talk about when we get to it, is how do I start to scale this with the time that I have to maximize my results without starting to sacrifice the stable income that I have for my career? I want to maximize with that minimum time that I have so that I'm, as Dave Ramsey says, I've got my boat as close to the shore as possible before I leap from the boat to the dock, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. And I have a, swimming so I know the feeling. I know it. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Uh, but um, yeah, thanks for de- defining replens. That was that was very helpful for, uh, I think, the listeners to hear just, you know, a different perspective for it, to hear a new seller describing what this process looks like and feels like. And compare it to eBay for just a moment. You've done eBay for quite a while. I've had an eBay account since... 1999. <laughs> and you've had it since 2007, which yeah. is still quite a while back. Uh, but, but compare this to the eBay experience. It, it, I kind of know what, what kind of language I use when I compare the two. I love eBay. We sell every day on eBay. We've sold $5,000 or so approximately in the past three, four days on eBay. I love eBay, but it's not Amazon. No, I don't even compare the two. For me, eBay, was, like I wasn't buying products to sell on eBay. I was just selling stuff that I had. Just random stuff. Just random stuff. And the crazy part is that I had like um, a protein shake that I had. I had so many of them. And I was like, I don't even use these anymore. Some of them were even expired. I said, I'm just going to list them on eBay. And I went up selling them and I made $3,000. Just <laughs> right. on the, I had so much stuff, like just stuff that I had that I know I'm never going to use. I would sell on eBay. I never yeah. actually did it as a full business where to make Money. I'm just getting, just getting rid of stuff you didn't need. 
Yeah. Facebook Marketplace is much the same way. That's kind of how we treat that. You know, sometimes the bigger, bulkier, harder to, you know, or an old couch or something, you take a few pictures of it. Somebody swings by the next day and picks it up. Oh, know. Yeah. They, but, but that's not, you know, those business models, beautiful. We love them. Some people do primarily make their income from those platforms. But the nice thing about what you're building now is this can be scaled and automated to the point where as many coaches on our team and great sellers in our community know they've got virtual assistants running the whole thing, finding the products, shopping, having them delivered. Prep Center does all the boxing. The boxes don't show up on your desk. That truck doesn't pull up in front of your house. It pulls up in front of your, your prep partner or your neighbor who does the prepping, right? So they've got this system and you can start to see what well, this, man, this thing really scales without needing me to go out every Saturday and hit yard sales or to go to the Walmart every you know couple of times a week and hit the clearance aisle and hope there's some good stuff there, right? So you, you've got this system you can scale and build now that requires ultimately very little of your time after you've worked hard and learned the hard lessons and made the mistakes and, and been in this community. And I appreciate, by the way, the props that you gave to our free Facebook group. I, I want to mention before we get too far along, silentgym.com. There's a link to our free Facebook group, about 71,000 people in there doing the models we teach, including this one. Great people like Stephanie hanging out, helping each other for free all day, every day. So that's definitely a great resource and it helped you get started. Thanks for the shout out to that. One, uh, 100% definitely. Yeah, good stuff in there. For, I mean, I learn every day in there. You know, I'm considered one of the experts and I'm the guy that clicked a few buttons and launched the group a few years back. But man, I'm there learning just like everybody else every day. Love it in there. Yeah. But uh, okay, well, where do you want to go next with your story? I, I think we've provided some great value so far. I mean, I can't believe you're only two months in. <laughs> this yeah, is I mean, I'm, I'm only, it'll be two months on the 27th. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not there yet. So no. yeah, that's, that's fantastic. My, my, and my goal was when I first started, I said, my I want my goal because I set realistic goals in the beginning. And I said, let me sell a thousand dollars for the first month. And then, well, uh, well here, this will get into my, my next story. Let me say, I'm going to sell a thousand dollars a month. Then I hit a lot of obstacles going into this because again, I was just kind of trial and error. I guess you could say I get a, a, a I sold chocolate. Okay. I had sold my son sells like this chocolate for his school every year. And it's, it's limited to private schools. So I don't know if you ever heard of it. The world's finest chocolate The chocolate bars. They're a dollar a piece. The door to door. Yeah. They got like the four or five different kinds. The crunch yeah. with the rice in it is the best. I'm a sucker for that one. Yes. <laughs> I said, I want to sell these merchant fulfilled and just see if they sell. When I tell you now I had like 10 boxes because we, we sell them all every year. And they just came out. My son had just started school. It was so beginning of September. And I had all these boxes. I said, let me just do like, a, let me look on Amazon. And people were selling like 10 bars, $25. It's $10 to, for the 10 bars. I sold so many. I, I can't even tell you how many I sold. I didn't have any more children. You just gave a very specific niche idea to a lot of people, I think. But it's interesting to me, you were selling them. So you were merchant fulfilling these because Amazon won't let you send them into their warehouse. Yes. Until about now. Yeah, right. Exactly. We're recording this. We're in mid-October because they don't want them melting and then Amazon's response. So you oh. were sending, shipping them yourself Yes. during the warmer months and there was demand there. That's a good tip. You know, I wonder, there's probably a good opportunity there for people to figure out a way to keep Vox cool. <laughs> well, he has a lesson for you. 
Yeah. One some kind of, I'm sure there's tech out there that keeps the box fairly cool. I mean, it, it can't sit in 100 degrees for three days, but two or three days and 80, 90 degree temperature, and you still get a chocolate bar that's not melted. You know, did you have any problems with that? Well, yeah, this goes into my next story. Oh, minute. okay. I was, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. Okay. So I sent out one. I sent out a lot. Knock on wood, it was only one. So the the guy gives me a bad feedback, how it's melted and he doesn't get a refund and da, 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 da. Right away, I call my coach. I'm like, please, I need help. It gives me, I have a, a risk of being suspended. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going I was panicking. I was panicking because I bought all these products. I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? So I'm like, uh, so I did, I did the right thing. I Amazon refunded him because it said, he, he said it was melted. Like right. they left it in his mailbox and it was melted Right. and Amazon refunded him. So he, on my, on my, now my first feedback, my first number, only, my, I only have two now, but my first one was bad. This is ridiculous. My stuff was melted. They don't even give a refund, but Amazon gave them a refund because it was damaged, damaged in transit. And I sent him out a brand new, fully coolered set of chocolate for free. I took the loss. I said, I'd rather, you know, get a good feedback or have him change it for that. Told, I emailed him. I sent them a message that I sent out a new one and then no response, nothing. So I just responded back on my feedback, you know, sorry that this happened. I hope you enjoyed your free of charge chocolate and your refund. Thank you for doing business. And I just left it at that. Guy never responded. I already knew where this was going and I had had to deal with it. But now I got this alert, the suspension alert. So I was panicking. Finally, it goes away. Then I get another uh, alert because of that feedback. My rate, my order defect rate was like two point something. Right. Way too high. It was way too high. Yeah. But it was because it was merchant orders. So now I'm making all these orders for for FBA, but it's not affecting this other rate. So yes. I'm like, so the only thing I can do is sell more products, merchant, even though I didn't want to, but I knew I had to. So like, I had to take the initiative to get this rate down because otherwise I'm going to get suspended. I'm not even a month in and I've already gotten two alerts. Yeah. And those alerts are so scary. They word them as if they're going to send Amazon agents to your home and torture you and take away your... Yeah, they're scary, aren't they? They were so scary. The first yeah. one, I was I was panicking. I'm like, I have all this inventory. What am I going to do? What if they right. spend my account? The second one, I kind of knew already, like they weren't going to do it right away. I just had to take the bull by the horns. And I was searching for out-of-stock products, merchant and FBA. And I found... Uh, it was coffee. I found a coffee that was out of stock everywhere, but the drops were like 50 drops a month. They just happened to have it at my local Target. I went, ran, got got them, and they all sold out in a day. Yeah. So I went and got more the next day. And that's how I got my rate. I just kept selling and selling and selling. I didn't want to do it, but I had to to get my rate down. Right. Thankfully and, now. And let me say, for the listeners' sake, you know, I, I've heard I've heard these kinds of stories many times and so just to say what you just said and talk through the lesson that you learned and correct me if I get any of this wrong, but one of the things that will happen, especially if you're new, let's say you do send a few defective orders, broken product, 
gets broken transit. It's not what they were expecting, whatever. And you're merchant fulfilling, meaning you're shipping yourself like you have to do on eBay. You're doing the shipping and the customers are complaining. Well, as soon as that defect rate starts to creep up, especially if you're new, Amazon throws a red flag in your account and you know you can't miss it. It's like, hey, your order defect rate is too high. We're going to suspend your account if you don't fix this soon. Like, what's that mean exactly? How scared should I be, right? So everyone panics. Well, it doesn't happen all that often, actually. They would suspend you. If you kind of ignore it and it continues to shoot up, you can get temporarily suspended. You get one of our friends like Jeff Schick involved and he comes in. He's like, hey, here's what we need to do. Here's the plan of action. It's all going to be okay. 99% of the time, a suspension is temporary. Very few permanent suspensions ever for any reason on Amazon. But here's how you avoid even the headache of that. Like you did, you said you went and found some fast-moving coffee and you're actually able to make a profit on this and you were merchant fulfilling. So you fulfilled a whole bunch of orders quickly, merchant fulfill, shipping them yourself, and that fixed your percentage. The thing that we often tell people to do is to go find a very inexpensive, fast-moving ASIN, like boxes of pins or something, you know, four or five dollars a box. They're selling for nine, ten dollars on Amazon. You're not making any money, or maybe even you're losing a dollar per sale. But you sell 40 of those in a week and your metrics look great all of a sudden. Yes. I didn't I I made the I probably made a dollar on the coffee right. with the shipping. Right. Because if exactly. I without the shipping, but I it was, made it was a fast mover. 50 yes. drops a month, you said, which means probably 300 to 400 sales a month of that product, at least minimum, if not more. So you can jump in there at a decent price, sell a whole bunch, ship them, and yep, you fixed your metrics. Yeah. Amazon's happy again. Yeah. Good job. It was a lot. It was, you know, it was a lot. Like I made some mistakes. It's like, it's not easy. It's, yeah. I put in the work and I'm packing all the stuff myself. So after I'm done with my job, after I'm done with my sourcing, I have, UPS boxes or FedEx boxes piled above my doorstep. And I'm like, all right, well, I got to pack these. And and I don't really have a set system. I tried to just keep, get all my stuff shipped. And then I would do everything over the weekend, but that stopped because I had no more room for the boxes. I actually got a container emptied out my whole garage to make room. And it's, I'm like, once it comes in and I see all these boxes, I'm like, I have to, I prep them. I label them. And then when I get in, like enough where it's taking up too much room in my living room, that's when I ship them out. So now I'm up to probably like three shipments a week to Amazon. Nice. Because I am just buying product and buying product that I know if, if it's a test product, I, I'll only buy a few. But if I see a product that I know is going to sell and the Keeper chart even shows it, I'm buying 10. Yep. I'm buying 10 right away. I'm buying the max that I can buy. Good for you. And yeah. I'll do it the next day and the next day and the next day until I have at least 30. Whatever, I won't send them all in yet. But depending on how fast the 10 move, if they don't move that fast, I return them. So I have like my own little system, I guess. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but I've got to tell you about a new sponsor to this program, Ecom Balance. They help e-commerce sellers and Amazon sellers with their bookkeeping. Your accountant is not your bookkeeper, by the way. You've got to be keeping great books. That's how you know if you're profitable or not. If you're struggling to know your numbers, you don't want to be operating on gut instinct. Our friends at Ecom Balance are there to help you out. You can go to Ecom Balance and mention 
that you heard about them from this program, and they'll give you two free months of bookkeeping so you can try them out. A link that takes you straight to the offer is, write this down, it will also be in the show notes, by the way, jimc.biz slash keeper. Again, jimc.biz slash keeper, as in bookkeeper. Go check them out. Check out their two months free offer. Tell them we sent you. Let's get back to the show. I'm buying 10 right away. I'm buying the max that I can buy. Good for you. And yeah. I'll do it the next day and the next day and the next day until I have at least 30. Whatever, I won't send them all in yet. But depending on how fast the 10 move, if they don't move that fast, I return them. So I have like my own little system, I guess. Yeah. Oh, you always will. And you'll kind of develop over time. And we've got best practices and standard operating procedures. And as you hit $10,000 in sales a month and then 30 and then 50 and 100, you know, and then you're automating and then none of it's in your house. The people who have the cleanest offices and cleanest homes are the people running the bigger businesses, (laughs) right? You slowly offload all of this and your margins come down because you're paying others to manage the business, but your time is freeing up, right? Right. That's the trade-off. Yeah, you're on a great path. You're you're doing a lot of things right and you're learning the business. This is the way, this is the trajectory we love to see. I call this the period of intense focused effort. That's the that initial stage. Some people want to skip that and just say, okay, I want to just write a check and somebody else does all of this. No, that's not how it works. You're not going to develop the proper instincts to manage your team well, to know when you're making good decisions as the leader. No one's going to care more about your business than you do. Right. I mean, you deal with business owners when you do taxes. Have you ever met somebody who has someone in their life who cares more about their business than the business owner? <laughs> no. It, no, it's on you. It's, yeah, it is. You've got to know how this thing works. It's it, it, funny you say that because all the time that I was spending on sourcing, I had asked my coach, I'm like, you know, should I get a VA? And I even answered my own question. I'm like, you know what? No, I shouldn't. And the reason why is because I, not that I like to spend all that time finding the products, but I know I can find more products than a VA. Like if a VA is sending me five a day and I can find 15, for me, it's like, it's not, not that it's not, it's not cheap. I mean, it's not expensive. Yeah. I'm not saying I won't have one in the future, but right right now I know the way I'm sourcing and the products I'm finding. And I know like, I don't have to go and vet them. I know what I, what it's weird. I'll find more than a VA right now. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and I I would encourage you. Now, if you're still saying that same thing six months from now, we'll have to talk. You're right. two months in. Yeah, do the work. Set a high standard. Mm-hmm. Show your VA or whoever it is that comes in next to start doing that part. Like, hey, here's what I typically do. I want you to get to that level. I've been doing it this way for a while now. What I do works, right? And maybe just to stay on that topic for just a moment, because I want to get back and finish the chocolate story. I'm just curious. <laughs> but... The Proven Replens VA program, we call it the PRV, provenreplensva.com. That's where we train virtual assistants to search using the, the strategies that we teach around here. The same thing we teach our coaches and Proven Amazon course, but we teach people to do that for you. So you can hire them. You pay them $4 an hour. They live in the Philippines typically, where $4 an hour spends like 25 to 30 US per hour. Tremendous job for them. And they do nothing but find replens for you. Now, we are expanding that program actually right now where they start doing many other things besides just that for you, but they work only for you, okay? So you're saying you're you're doing better than they could. And I would, would argue that yeah, you're probably absolutely right, actually, because you care a whole lot more. You're diving in head first, but 
I think you'll be surprised how much progress you could get with one of the trained VAs when the time is right, a month, two months, six months from now, when the time is right. And you show them how you source. Like, hey, this is what I do. This is where you just film your screen. You use a program like Snagit, I like, or Loom. You know, there's some other where you just record yourself. This is how I look for product. This is what I'm doing. And you send that to your virtual assistant and they study it and they look and they, they, you slowly replicate yourself. Oh, yeah. And, and now you've got somebody you wake up in the morning to 15, 20 <laughs> replans based on the strategy that you could have been doing while you were sleeping, but you weren't because you were asleep and you've got this person who's very capable and qualified, right? But it is, that is the fun slash challenging part of this business. But that's the big light bulb moment. Once you're able to find replans and you kind of start to see them everywhere, that's, it's such an exciting thing. It's almost an addiction to it. I can lose myself in hours of research anytime. Yes. Thank you. You took the words out of my mouth. You took the words right out of my mouth. It is like an addiction. And I just, I wait for the moment where if I don't find like 10 in an hour, I'm like, all right, it's time for me to stop. I'll restart tomorrow. But yeah. if I'm finding them yeah. and it's been five hours, yeah. I'm not stopping until I find it, a dead one. It, it's almost, Stephanie, it's almost like that. You know, I, I've got a couple of video games. I don't play a lot of video games. I got a, like a golf game on my phone. I'll settle into an in evening sometime. And that little you know, innocent dopamine hit, it can very easily become an addiction. Be careful, especially guys. Like if you're spending more than a little bit of time every week on video games, you're you're wasting the best years of your life. Please stop. But that little thrill of the hunt and that achievement and that little gold star, it's that, except you're building your financial future. You're actually establishing an income stream in a business that's going to change the directory and trajectory of your family's income, right? But it's that same kind of thrill of the hunt challenge. You know, you're it finding new little five, 10, 20, 50, $100 a month income streams just sitting there. Yeah. And it becomes discouraging. I, you know, there are days where I'm not, I'm like, oh, I only found one. And, you know, it's like, all right, what if this happens again? And I get discouraged. I'm not even going to lie. I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I just, just stop, stop for the rest of the day and restart tomorrow. That's the mm-hmm. only way I can actually get out of that whole like little rut where I'm like, Oh, not finding anything. Yeah. And and having talked to and coached a lot of people who have been at the stage you're at and then gone on to do great things, I just want to encourage you. You're coming across to me, at least, as a very you know type A driven, get the job done. I measure the quality of a day at the end of the day based on what I got done that day. Like you really hold yourself accountable to that day's results, right? Yes. Yesterday doesn't matter. Tomorrow's not here yet. What did I get done today? Yes. And that that mentality... While it serves a very useful purpose and it keeps us driven, you know, and motivated and forward focused, you need to look at your trajectory. Like if we charted, honestly charted your trajectory, where were you two months ago or even three months ago? Where were you a week later, a week later? A week, and we just took a week at a time or even we'll be able to three, four, five, six months from now, we'll be able to look at a month at a time, right? So look at the movie. A day is a snapshot. Let's look at the movie. Let's watch the whole... You get so much more information out of the the timeline of a story developing. And if you look back over your shoulder and see where you were, even a a month or two months ago right now, and then you play that trajectory forward, that's very encouraging. You can have some bad days. You can have some rough moments. You can have some bad weeks. You can have some down months. But what's the trajectory of what we're building here, right? What What are we characterized by? becomes important because one of the, and here's the, the main point of what I wanted to say to hopefully to encourage you is especially those of us with a driven, driven type personality, 
we ridiculously overestimate what we're going to be able to cram into a day. We do it to ourselves all the time. All the time. But we underestimate even more dramatically what we're capable of if we maintain this slow, steady, comfortable pace in the right direction for, say, six months or a year. We underestimate where that's taking us. So we need to spend some time thinking about thinking about it that way. Like, even if I only maintain this barely acceptable standard for myself on a weekly, whatever that, you know, 10 replens a week, let's say, where am I six months from now? What are the numbers of that business? And even if I wait six months to hire a virtual assistant, you know, where am I a year from now? If, if, even if I wait to offload some of these prep challenges that I'm facing, you know, that getting the stuff ready, piling up in my garage, you know, what's this look like as I take these small, steady steps in the right direction six months or a year from now? And, and those numbers are phenomenal. I've seen it play out over and over again. It's such a stable business model too. Oh, yeah. So just to, I say all that to encourage you. Yeah, no, it's definitely encouraging because I I did the, in the beginning, I'm like, I'm going to find 20 replens a week. And then I was driving myself crazy. And then I just kind of was like, all right, well, however many I find is how many I find, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. And the only thing I will say is that if I have items that like just came today, just say, and they're all sitting in boxes in my living room. I am going to prep them and I'm going to label them by the, by the end of the night. That's it. That is what I hold myself to every yeah. single day. The velocity of your inventory. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and you, you are in this stage of intense focused effort and the people that get burnt out in this business, they stay in that period of intense focused effort, doing it all themselves. You've got about nine months or so where you can do that. I've seen people go a little longer, not many. <laughs> They're superhuman. That you've got to get some other people in there. Yeah. Uh, the, the people well, I've I am seen, looking into a prep center now mm-hmm. because a, it, a prep center or even a neighbor across the street, single mom, some extra time on her hands. You know, anyone can put stuff in a box and tape and label, right? I mean, you can train someone how to do this stuff in an hour or two, and they're competent. Uh, so, you know, whatever solution you come up with, but just getting that help in that allows you to free up to do the things that only you can do, doing the parts of the business that bring the most profit. And yeah. typically, I don't know if you've heard me say this before or not, Stephanie, but the thing I encourage most people to do the first hire is someone else who's as good as you are at finding more profitable replens, going out and finding new revenue. That's the first person you should hire for any business. That's actually, you know, you do accounting and some, you know, the books and record keeping for small businesses. I would say that for any business. If someone's like, hi, I just, I'm swamped. I got to bring in some help. I need help. Who's that first person they should hire? Every single time, the person you should hire is someone who brings in more revenue. Right. That's just good, solid. Yeah. Because it helps cover the additional expense of whatever you do next then. Mm -hmm. Versus the convenience hires, I call them. Like, ah, it just drives me nuts having to do this part of my business. I'm going to go hire somebody. No, that may not be the best person to hire. Yeah. It may drain me faster. For me, I I have like OCD. I, For me, like if I'm not prepping it, it better be out of my sight and I don't see it. If I have to see it and it's wrong, I'm going to lose my mind. That's just me. That's just who I am. I did have my son label items the other night. He was like, mom, really? I'm like, you can help your mom, please. <laughs> but he did. And, and that was helpful because it took what, however long it took an hour to label all these products. That hour I was able to, to do something else with. Yes. So he labeled them all and you know it, it was helpful. So I knew like I'm going to need a prep center because how, I'm- How old is your son? 11. 11. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. 
I love it. That is such time well spent. He will remember that too. Yeah. Those, you know, the, those times that we had our kids contribute even in small ways to our business. You know, we, we've had them like put stickers on all of, you know, fun, funny stickers have to be on all these boxes, you know, meaningless, trivial, seemingly. Although when you think about it, you know, making somebody smile who has a tedious job, maybe opening 8 million boxes a day. And some of them have happy stickers from a two-year-old that drew a little smiley face. They're going to remember that. It's a highlight of their day, right? So there's value there. But yeah. any way you can incorporate in and get them, like this is our family's identity. This is our business. This this is how we serve others. This you know money doesn't just fall from the sky. You have to oh, do you know. things and serve mm-hmm. and work. And you can bring that into your home. Yeah. Some beautiful lessons there, for sure. But I, I want to get back to the chocolate. Okay, so <laughs> we never finished this story. So you don't sell chocolate during the summer months anymore, or did you figure out a way to keep it cool? Or where I did. At? I I got the insulated boxes, but all the, all the other chocolate that. I had, I read, I sent it to Amazon. Once the 16th came, I'm like, nope, I'm done with this. They're going to Amazon. Yeah. And I sent them into Amazon. But Are they still selling well for you now that chocolate is back in season? The world's finest chocolate? I don't know yet. They're still in receiving. They're modes. on the way. We will know soon. We will know soon. I just sent them, you know, the other day. Yeah. Well, my, my theory is, you know, regardless of who hears this and who can get their hands on those things, <laughs> that, that, Everybody sends chocolate in about mid-October because it's chocolate season again and your Amazon will fulfill it for you. But during the summer, if you can crack the code of shipping it yourself and keeping it cool, there's probably something there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I knew that there was always going to be that chance of it being melted. But the crazy thing is I'm in New York. All of my orders are California, Washington. I'm like, you see? like You see where the demand is yeah. for, for all this chocolate. Right. Like maybe they don't have it on the West Coast, but they certainly have it on the East Coast. So it's just another thing to like think about if something Mm -hmm. is local, you know, and I know they're all over the, I'm assuming they're all over all the states, but something just to think about when you're finding a product, if you have something that's limited to where you are, you know, try to use that to your advantage. That's the reason why I posted them. Absolutely. One one of our first coaching students has built an incredible business. His name's Barrington. He lives in Jamaica. And at the time, I mean, this is a this is a coming up on a probably 10, 11 year old story at this point. But he was one of our coaching students in Jamaica. And at the time, the only job opportunities he had on the island were basically getting into utilities, working for the utility companies, or tourism. That's it. The only other thing Jamaica has is coffee farms. Coffee, that's one of their main products, right? So they've got these coffee plantations. And and so we said, hey, is there any coffee that's there on the island that maybe you could send into Amazon just to test? And jump forward in time now, he's like the coffee king of Jamaica. <laughs> he was yeah. sending so much in. These coffee companies are saying, we don't know what how you're buying so much of our coffee. Would you please tell us? And he's like... I'll tell you if you'll let me keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And all he was doing was putting labels on. So because he had that local advantage again. And sometimes we discount the stuff we walk right past every day, the regional stuff that it could be. I mean, it's worth it. It's worth testing. Yeah. And that's actually one of the modules in our course. The Proven Amazon course has a module in it called PPP, Proven Product Partnering, that describes just that, where you find brands and you help them get onto Amazon on their own account. Because eventually, if you start selling a lot of their product there, they're going to notice. So why not set up a partnership with them and benefit from it long-term? And you can be their eBay expert. That's what the PPP is, Proven Product Partnering. A lot of people have... Some people do just that model because it diversifies and you now you're getting paid a percentage of multiple Amazon accounts. Right. right? It's a beautiful model. 
but we're bouncing all over the place, but I think it's a very useful episode, hopefully for you as well, Stephanie. Yeah. I am all over the place. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I could do this for hours. This is how I roll. You know, we can just jump, jump all over and I feel sorry for people who are trying to take meticulous, meticulous, uh, you know, bullet point list notes on these things. It's like, uh, how do you note this thing? It's little tips here and there, though, that really propel their business forward. Yeah. So where do you want to go from here? I think you've got us pretty much up to date, right? Yeah. I mean, right now, what was it? Sunday, I was Sunday. I hit 10 today. 10,000. 10, for a rolling Sunday. 30? Yeah. Congratulations. Like, thank you. Right now. Five days later, I'm almost at 13,000. For rolling 30. Yeah. That's awesome. That so, is really yeah. good. You're you're driven for sure. You're on a, yeah. you're on a great trajectory. Do you ever... I, mean, I am spending, you know, uh, thankfully I had the capital. So sure. I knew whatever I didn't sell on Amazon, I was going to sell somewhere else. Yeah. But just from just from the 10,000, I think my cost of goods sold was about 4,500. Yeah. I'm sorry. Your what was 45? Just my inventory. Oh, your cost of goods sold. Right. Right. You, yeah. You're an accountant bookkeeper. I forgot. <laughs> You've spent about $4,500 on inventory. You've got about 10000 in sales, and you've still got a lot of inventory sitting on the shelf. Oh, yeah. As well. You're probably rolling, what, about a 25, 30% net margin? 30, 30%. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Fantastic. So well done. It's working and I keep doing it. Today, I was like, I'm talking with Jim. I'm not going to source. I'm just going to get my work done. Yeah, well, I did. I, I found three products this morning. So I was like... <laughs> you cheated. You got it. No, that's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I can't help it when we go new places with a family trip or something, a vacation. And I'll walk in and I'll see an unusual store and like, I'm going to go take a few pictures. <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> take a few pictures of the shelf, send it to our VA, you know. Do a little yeah, research. I mean, it's here's another tip for others. You know, when I see a look like a sale, if I get an email like Walmart or Target or is having like a, a rollback sale, but never get, Walmart. You never notice Walmart doesn't do that. Walmart does the, the app well, does it. They'll have yeah, they they will have like clearance. It's any seasonal stuff. You're you're you, they'd mark their prices up and down, but yeah, not as aggressive as like a place like Target or Kroger or some of the others where you can just like clean up. Well, he has a great example and I, I'm knocking myself in the head for it, but they had the Keurig, the single Keurig Walmart, right? They were $89. I saw them listed for like 150. I said, all right, fine. This is the greatest story. I buy six of them because they only allow you to buy six. They sell out immediately. Then I, I get an, I think it was on the app. The Keurig machines went down to, and I paid $89 for them. They went down to $49. Now I bought every color. I'm like, $49. I bought all the colors, the different colors, the, the same ones that I bought and sold already. So I returned the, the $89 ones that I, well, I returned them that were, were already sold. Right. And I got the rest for $49. <laughs> right. Sold out of those immediately. Still selling them for $140. Yeah. So now Walmart raised their price. Walmart is now at $140. When they were originally at $89 down to $49, now they're $140. So my point was, if you get like a sale, it doesn't have to be from Walmart. It could be from anywhere. And you, mm -hmm. you're like, wow, that's really cheap. But you see that it's knocked down $50. Go and check it on Amazon. See what it's selling for. If you see it's profitable, buy it. Buy two, buy three. There's no reason not to. Right. Yeah. I call those the Easter egg opportunities. You know, they're, 
Yes. You never know what you're going to get. They happen. Take advantage of those opportunities. Absolutely. There's some people who stay just in that arena and do quite well. That yeah. Easter egg hunt, you know, knowing like, hey, I better go clear the shelf. This opportunity is here today, gone tomorrow. Get it while you can. Uh, but the replens model is so much more boring and tedious and it just it slow building. But it's nice because you can step away from it and it just rolls. Right. You could take three or four days off and do nothing. And the sales just continue right on rolling through. <laughs> it's pretty amazing as you build the momentum of it. But why not take advantage of those great sale opportunities, those flip, one-time flips and stuff? Absolutely. No reason yeah. not to. Just, I, you know, it, I saw it. I, so I jumped on it. I said, I'm going to do it. Once you know how to research, and it's not just a matter of the price being higher on Amazon either. One of the basic skills you learn early on in our program is just because the price is high on Amazon doesn't mean there's actually people paying that much money for it. It could be sitting there not selling to anybody. That mm -hmm. Keurig could be sitting on another listing for $280. And you're thinking, whoa, buy it for 50, sell for 280. I'm going to go buy them. Well, no, there's right. only been one sale in the past six months at that price mm -hmm. point on that listing. Don't yeah. sell against that one. Find the one that Keepa says people are actually buying. Exactly. That's the skills we teach you. Are, are people actually buying at that price is an important information for you to, to figure out before. Because you make your money when you buy your inventory, not when you sell it. Does that right. make sense? Yes. But I teach people, your research is done on the front end. You put all the pain on the front end. So you're only buying winning products. Right. Or products at least at the worst case that you can get rid of, break even, or at a slight loss. You're not right. buying a bunch of inventory you're going to have to take a bath on I think that's why it takes me longer to, that's why I put so much time into it because I'm not buying products that are, that I know I could lose on. So, right. so I'm keeping it above 40%. So yeah. ROI. You know, yeah. For, for me, I just, I'm like, if I probably only took one hard loss on mm. anything that I've sold already, even if I, even if I break even, I'm okay. Because I'm still in the you know the beginning stages, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's probably why it takes me a lot longer because I want those higher profit products. Yeah, and this is a great study. If if you run the system the way that it's taught, your worst case scenario is occasionally you're gonna have some products that you got to get rid of and kind of break even on. Right. But you're not going to end up with like so many Amazon sellers have who have gone through those you know those YouTube videos you were talking about earlier, the five and ten thousand dollar courses. That's just the start. Then you've got software that costs hundreds of dollars and all the research. And then you've got a garage full of product. That they're going to teach you how to market. And then when it doesn't sell, which is the case about 90 to 95% of the time, it doesn't sell, even though you've done all the research and done everything right. Well, now you've truly taken a huge loss. We don't let you buy inventory that you're going to take a huge loss on. We just don't allow it. That's a risk you just, we don't allow you to take with the systems we teach. So right. you're doing it, you're doing it beautifully. And as this scales out, where do you think you're going to be? You have it's like a six month, you know, kind of target here or, or one year. What are you thinking? My Well, here's my goal. Being that it's Q4 and I'm just kind of throwing in those Easter egg hunts. My goal by the end of the year is 50,000. I want to be at 50,000. Total sales. Total sales. Yeah. Have it have the end of the started year. basically, you know, September-ish. Yeah. yeah. So, so four months okay. and 50 grand of sales at approximately 30 points margin. That's what you're looking for, net margin. Yeah, that's not bad at all for starting up a new business. You you deal with other small business owners. I mean, that's a pretty attractive business model right there. Yeah, and your spare time fitting it into the cracks. 
a lot of the very wide cracks, but yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, five hours at a time is no joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what else do you want to talk about? What questions do you have for me? We do want to hit the one about, you know, how do I make the transition, you know, from one to another and what the reality of that is. We can hit that one. You want to talk about that first? Yeah. I mean, because I only have really like another one. I mean, if you want to talk about this, repricer. Yeah. Okay. okay. I don't have a lot of software. I only have Keepa. I have an inventory lab. Those are the only two things I have. I don't have anything else. I don't want anything else because I can't more, the more software is going to drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and you'll have more eventually, but there's no reason to have any more than that. There's people with seven figure businesses in our community who use only Keepa and Seller Central. They don't even have inventory lab or they don't have anything to help them with their shipments. I don't even use inventory lab for, for my shipments. I only use it just to keep track of my inventory. I use right. everything through Amazon. It's the Amazon seller. Right. Yeah. That just shows what's possible. But where you'll start to see the trade-off is it's in, an investment in the efficiency and the scalability of your business. Right. So it's not a matter of going out and buying all the right software tools and then starting to painfully apply them to your business. It's okay, I'm spending a lot of time repricing my inventory. I wonder if there's a tool that could automate this process and be 95% as good as I am, but I don't have to touch it. You're like, well, yeah, hey, here's a here's for $50 a month. Here's something that does that. It's like, wow, I'm freeing up 10 hours a month of my time, or if not more, for 50 bucks. Yeah, I'll do that. So that so you kind of just piece them on over time. You don't run out and buy them all and then try to figure out how to use them. That's not how it works. But let's jump back to the conversation. And this is just me kind of brainstorming with you now, because everybody's going to have different financial goals and different comfort levels. One of the, like, you know, when I'm talking with a married couple, for example, and they're talking about, you know, let's say it's a, it's a wife who's really excited about this business and the husband's a little more skeptical or vice versa. Like, have you ran it past your spouse? How many months worth of stable income do you want to have in the bank? And when you're, when it's just you, ask yourself this question, honestly, how many months worth of stability do I want to have in the bank easily accessible before I make a leap? It, so it's an amount of time that translates into a dollar figure, right? right? And so you can do the math and think, okay, I've got six months now, if I can, you know, or a year, or whatever that comfort number is. So that's one thing I would encourage you to, to have in place. The other thing I would encourage, and this is kind of a human nature thing, but we're far better at transitions than we are about sudden changes. And actually, even some of the most brutal military leaders in history have applied that knowledge to human nature to really do some terrible things. You know, the whole frog in a pot, kind of, have you heard that? (laughs) Well, you can use that in a positive way too. Yeah. You drop a frog in a pot of boiling water and supposedly I've never seen it done, they'll jump right out. But you turn it on and heat it up real slow over time and they won't even know and you've cooked a frog. You can use that in a positive way too with this transition. Are there any creative solutions where you could slowly transition away from one? Hey, I'm thinking about maybe going part-time a few months from now or you know, I know you guys need me. I don't want to drop the ball on you. Just some open conversations. Although I would warn you when I tried to have those kind of conversations with my last employer, <laughs> they were very friendly during the conversation, but they weren't friendly the next day after they discussed it. They fired me. <laughs> so you, know, you can't always pull that one off easily. But if, it, if the possibility is there, depending on what your relationship is with your employer, then you can start these gentle transitions, right? Or you can you know, use your vacation time to make some extreme progress. Instead of your vacation being a vacation, your two weeks are, I'm going to really go all in and just get my business stable and 
it can take you a little bit more time if all you've got is a few hours here and there. But as a a general rule of thumb, until you're at about 60 to 70% of your income, most people are pretty uncomfortable taking that step backwards into their own business. But what I can say is it will shock you. Two things will shock you when you go full-time. I've heard this consistently. It happened to me. When you go from working for someone else for a paycheck to having your own thing, no matter what the numbers look like, there's a couple things that are going to surprise you. One is days, if you think they go by fast now, you ain't seen nothing. (laughs) Weeks go by as fast as days used to. And you'd think, oh, I've got all this extra time now. No, the days just cook by. And that's been true for me for over 20 years now. I remember I haven't had a day that's just drug on. And I look at the clock and it's, it's only two. I look at the clock again an hour and a half later and it's 2.05. Like, <laughs> I haven't had a day like that in 20 plus years wow. because the time belongs to me now and it's more precious now and it just flies by, right? So that's one thing that's true. And the other thing is you can make a lot of progress very fast when that's all you're doing. <laughs> you can just, I yeah. mean, the stuff that used to take you a month is now taking you a couple days and you're just cooking through. And so now you're having to make decisions such as how much time do I spend focused on learning versus doing? How much time do I focus on scaling versus getting in the weeds, getting my hands dirty? And right. So you're kind of figuring out how do I manage my time? Because right now it's find replants. Okay, they're piled up. Get them out of my house. And you can churn at that level for six to nine months comfortably. Period of intense focused effort, learning great lessons. You get a year and a half into that pattern and you're going to hate those boxes. You're going to hate Amazon. You might hate me. I'd appreciate you not sending me any hate mail, but it it becomes tedious at that point. It's exciting and fun and cool and awesome. Now it can start to become tedious and like it kind of takes over your life in ways that you resent almost if you don't scale, separate it, turn it into numbers on a piece of paper, you know have a healthy routine, those kinds of things. So this is all me addressing that topic in kind of a random way, I know. But really, ultimately, a lot of it's just math. At what point can you reasonably pay the bills, meet the requirements, financial requirements, live at the same level of comfort you have and and completely move away from that other income source? At what point does that make sense? At what point can you go tell your current boss, I can't afford to work for you anymore, (laughs) right? Where is that? And only you can really kind of determine what that line is based on what sacrifices you're willing to make. And you may say, I don't want to make any sacrifices. Well, you wait until the income from your business is as big as the income from your current right. employer, which could take a significant amount of time. I'm giving myself five years. Oh, yeah. You'll have you'll be there way before then. I want to have at least a year in reserve and then consistent where I am at now. I'm very, I guess, conservative when it comes to it's like money. So I know... It depends on the on the situation, but but yeah, like I, I said, five years. I love my job. Like it's a love hate relationship. You know, I have a great relationship with everybody that I work with, but it's it's just it's so much time on my life, and it's it's becoming a lot. Like since mm-hmm. COVID, I've been working from home, and working from home has been a million times more than working from the office. One of the tasks I could give you, one of the challenges, I mean, because it's pretty easy to figure out what you make per hour at the job you're at, how many hours divided by the paycheck they give me, right? Right. Do the same thing on your Amazon business and you're going to see 
you've scaled very quickly from making like eh, five or ten dollars an hour to the point where you know just doing some rough math in my head 20 hours the margin you know i mean you're 50 bucks an hour or so approximately you know and heading up quick <laughs> right yeah so at what point can you truly legitimately is it a sacrifice you're you're harming your future self and the future financial possibilities that that you know, ten-year-old version of you could have by staying at your employer. As you start to do the math, I'm making so much more money here. Right. It's not just about that. You know, not only do you have your time freedom and the flexibility and, and the the mobility, you could go anywhere. This is a business in your pocket. Pretty incredible. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to to cut ties at some point. And so it's just kind of keeping all those factors balanced in your head, and then not being. To the thing that makes the thing that scares me, and we have people to do this, is like, hey, I bought the proven Amazon course, signed up for coaching, and quit my job. What are we doing next? I'm like, wait, wait, you did what? What was that third part? <laughs> wait, hold on. <laughs> we don't offer that around here. We don't encourage it. You didn't hear that from right. us, right? No. Um, but that's not what you're talking about. You're saying this is my five year plan. I'm saying I think you could do it in, you know, a month to a year and a or, sorry, a year to a year and a half. And, and hit, I don't know what you earn at your other job, but the trajectory you're on, I don't know of a lot of jobs that pay more than where you're going to be a year from now. I like the sound of that. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to do, as soon as we, as soon as this is done, I'm going to be doing the math. I'm going to be figuring it out. <laughs> yep. You know, just how many hours did I put in and what's my net divided by my net revenue for a yeah. month? Like, yeah. Right. It makes a lot of decisions. Like, should I be cutting my own grass when there's a neighborhood kid who would do it for 20 bucks an hour? Like, you know, it would have been cost me would have cost me an hour of my day yeah. and pay him 20. I'm worth 80 an hour. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to pay a kid to cut my grass. Are you kidding me? <laughs> if you make an 80 bucks instead of cutting my grass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So yeah. you start making decisions that way and you really specialize, go all in and, and you'll be amazed where you'll be you know, six months even. I can't wait to get you back a year from now. I just have a feeling you're on this leadership growth track. You've got, you've got this real world experience with business. Anyone who's done bookkeeping for real businesses just has a business sense about them. Like some of the best people you can know are good accountants. People have been doing business books for a long time. You can't blow by them as some business plan that's full of fluff. They're like, where's the show me the numbers? <laughs> they, oh, yeah. they make numbers driven decisions all the time. My QuickBooks is penny to the penny. Meticulous. Like, I, it, yeah. It's because I want to see my actual profit. Like I don't want anything left out. Like I know that inventory lab does a profit and loss. No, I don't use that. Mm -hmm. I have my own system number to the penny. Like, cause I, this is what I want to do. And I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything. And I want to plan out my future. So. Yeah. And when you say 30 points net margin, you know, you're talking 29.7% net mark. Like you're not, you're not messing around, you know. <laughs> it was like 29.7. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's tremendous. Well, it, you're a pleasure to get to know. I I have really enjoyed this today. Is there was there anything else on your list today that that you wanted to hit? Just the repricing because oh, I don't we, know. Yeah. We breezed past that. Well, the repricer I use is Be Cool, and okay. they've been a, a great sponsor of the show as well. But that's the one that we use. I would say, and this is what I always say about when I talk about repricers: is which one should I use? Well, if you talk to 50 coaches on our team, you're going to get eight or nine different answers. Okay. <laughs> you have your preferences. But at what point does it make sense to get one? At the point, again, and this can be reduced to a math question. How much are you worth per hour? 
right? What's your hourly rate? What are you able to earn in your business? If you just sat down and find replans, break it down. What's your time worth? How profitable is your business? Net margin divided by total hours that you're working. If you can get tools that cost less than that to do parts of the job that you don't have to do anymore, if you can get a virtual assistant or get people or tools that start to automate those processes, it becomes much easier to sign up for that $50 a month program or that 70 or whatever it costs you, right? Because you can do the math of how much time it's saving you and what that time is worth to you. So a repricer at the point where you've got about 100 ASINs is when you kind of start thinking about it because to keep your velocity maximized, your margins and your velocity maximized, keeping those products moving, right? Because again, with replans, we want to make sure we see at least a small handful of sales per month on every ASIN that we're selling against. If we're not doing that, we want to pull it out a repricer well, helps you do that. What is the repricer? What does it do? Okay. Again, I'm again. Yeah. The bare I'm basics. Learning, so. of, yeah. I, I apologize. I, I talk with these things so often. The, the bare basic of what a repricer does is it it keeps you as optimally priced as possible to maximize your revenue while moving the product at, at a velocity that velocity that's reasonable to you. Because remember, the replens model is selling right next to, alongside, shoulder to shoulder, other sellers. And you guys can all move your prices anytime you want, anywhere you want. So who's going to win the sale most of the time? Well, this could be a whole episode, but it's not always the lowest price. And I strongly encourage, especially new sellers, I say all the time, people who haven't sold $10,000 in a single month yet don't know this lesson. And many people who have, like you may not have heard anyone say this as clearly as what I'm about to say. And this is, this is on the topic of repricing. This is on the topic of how do I strategically price my inventory. The example I like giving is, let's say you find an ASIN. It's dropping 40 times per month, which means it's selling three, four, 500 times a month. There's a handful of other sellers on there. And you take a look at it and you look at the two or three lowest priced sellers and you think, man, those guys are priced so low. I don't think I can compete with that. So you move on and you skip that ASIN. I say, no, don't move past that ASIN. If it's selling quickly, we know the buy box rotates. But even if the buy box, you look at the Keepa data and the buy box doesn't seem to be rotating a whole lot, you still want to get in and test at the middle of the pack in the price points, right? Don't go there, play with the two or three in the mud price points. Go into the middle of the pack somewhere where you can make five, eight, ten, fifteen dollars a sale, whatever the margins are, and just park a couple units there and see what happens. More often than not, if it's a fast-moving ASIN, you are going to win some sales, at least a few per month. That's a winning replan ASIN. Why is it that sometimes you're able to make sales even though you're in the middle of the price point pack? Because you may be thinking, well, if I'm a buyer. And have the option to pay $10 or $5 for the same item, I'm going to pay $5. Low price wins every time, right? Well, no, not necessarily. Because like you said earlier, you buy everything from Amazon. I'm sure there's been plenty of times where you were out of you know, berry-flavored crystal light and you're like, <laughs> I want it here two hours from now. I want a 12-pack. Well, the only one that's available in your zip code at the warehouse near your house is actually marked $8 above the guy who has it out in LA for $4. But you're about ready to pay 12 bucks. Yes. Why? Because you can have it here in two hours. It doesn't show up in the buy box for anybody else in the world except you because you're in that zip code where it's sitting on the shelf. So those fast-moving popular ASINs sell at very nice margins all day, every day because the product is located in the zip code near the customer. Yes. And I think if anyone just got lost as I said that, I think I did a pretty good job. Rewind a minute and a half, two minutes and listen to me say it again. I just nailed it. That's yeah. how you can get a price advantage in the middle of the price pack 
I'm always, I'm always in the middle. And I, you were on the Monday night uh, call on Facebook and I had asked you a question. If I have a fast moving ASIN and I have the, the stock, is it better for me to sell it merchant fulfilled as opposed to FBA? Because I have the advantage of getting it delivered faster than FBA. All the FBA sellers were two weeks out. Mine, I was able to sell it and get it to them in the next three Good days. I sold question. 35, 35 in one day. Yeah, beautiful. It. Well, do you know why those FBA sellers were all two or three weeks out? Because they're still being checked in. Exactly. Yeah. It's not because Amazon takes that long to ship it. It's because right. Amazon's saying, hey, we've got this product on the way. Mm-hmm. But when it gets here, we're going to sit it in the corner for a couple of weeks and then we're going to have a couple of breaks and then we're going to go open the box and put it in the corner again. <laughs> like, it takes Amazon forever to check things in sometimes. And they know this. So yeah, if you see some F, if you see a handful of FBA sellers with dates that are way out and Amazon's showing you those products, that is a great product to list merchant fulfill. Like you just yeah. said, ship it yourself, price yourself high as high or higher than the other FBA sellers, because there's plenty of shoppers out there that say, I don't care that it's an extra 20%, 40%, 120%. I don't care. Mm-hmm. This is the one that can get on my desk tomorrow. Yeah. So, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. That's exa- or- And I saw, and they were all FBA. And I was probably $15 more than mm-hmm. the lowest price. And yeah. I had that advantage because it was something that they wanted right then and there. The you same way there, I would do. Yeah, you were up there with the highest priced possibilities yeah. on that listing and sold. Yeah, that's a great lesson. Yeah. yeah. So a re- so human intelligence will always be better than any repricer. Right. Just kind of look in, study in, what do I want to do here? And some people just love the repricing. They love getting in there and tweaking and playing with it. But repricers can be set up in an intelligent way. And there's multiple different... You know, if you're kind of like diving into the weeds of setting up different rules and like, okay, here's my bottom price, here's my top price. But if there's no other FBA sellers, shoot me to the top. If I'm the only FBM seller and there's FBA sellers that are all out of stock, raise the price. You know, you can start to build in all those crazy rules like that. And so it's doing what you would do if you were sitting there meticulously checking all of your products all day, every day. Or you can just set it to say, hey, you know, I want to maximize my sales and velocity in a general kind of way. I don't want to be the lowest FBA price. I also don't want to be the highest. You know, if sales slow down, slowly lower my price till sales pick up and then slowly raise my price. You know, you can set those very generic rules. Uh, So there's not one set of simple rules that work for all sellers. It just, it, that's not how it works, but a repricer will keep you competitively priced while attempting to maximize the velocity of your inventory. And it's great for replin sellers. There's plenty of people swear by it. And the first time you turn it on, typically you'll see a really nice bump in sales. And, I think uh, I'm going to do it because I go in and tweak every single item. I'll, I'll take however long, I'll take it like on a one night during the week, I go through all of them and I'm like, hmm. And then I check the other buy. Like, and it, it's time consuming. So if I yeah. can, Hey, whatever it is per month, it's definitely worth it. And you can put some of your ASINs on the repricer and some of them not. It's up to you, right? It's not like you have to turn it on for your whole account. It's not like there's one repricer out there. You know, Amazon had a repricer. It's early days. Basically what it did, you turned it on and it made you the lowest price on everything. So if anyone else... So people just race into the basement. Oh, man. It was useless, right? That's not what a a good repricer does. You, You can set those rules to where... 
you know, here's my minimum. I will not go below. And if it spends too much time there without making a sale at your minimum, you can go in and say, okay, this is nice. I'm going to step away from for a while. I'm going to sell these five units and get rid of them. And and yeah. then we'll we'll revisit this ace in a couple months from now. You put it on your calendar and check it out again. Yeah. That that's how the business works. But that's what a repricer does. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. Because okay. now I'm going to get one. <laughs> yeah. I think you'll I think you'll benefit from it. I really yeah. do. And we've got some some good partnerships. I'll stick a few repricer links in the show notes today so you can check out a few. We got discounts and such for listeners, sponsors and all that. Most of them are affiliate links, but we still we save you some good money if you use those links instead of just going straight to the site. Yeah, great. Uh, well, I've got another podcast episode coming up right after this one. So I've actually got to get bouncing here pretty soon. But uh, was there anything else on your on your mind before we start to wrap this up, Stephanie? No, I think that was about it. Well, I think this was a great episode. I appreciate yeah. how, how authentic and transparent you are, how genuine you are, how excited you are. I think you're going to fire some people up to, to jump in and give this thing a try. So I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope appreciate so. Thank you today. for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. It was great speaking with you. Yeah, it's, it's great to meet you as well. I'm encouraged and excited. I want to go do some replens hunting. Right? It never gets old, man. Yeah. There we go. Well, I'm going to talk to the listeners for just a minute as we wrap this one up. Okay, Stephanie. Okay. So if you joined Stephanie and I today, thank you for your time. Hope you benefited from it in tremendous ways. If you enjoyed this interview, you should know we've got a few hundred of them. Interviews with students new like Stephanie or maybe people who've been around quite a while. In many cases, you know, single moms or stay-home moms or, or parents doing it with their families with six-figure-a-month businesses, running them from home or, or on the road full-time, living all over the planet. It's pretty incredible, this community. We love having these interviews and discussions with them. So if you liked this today, man, there's a bunch of these. Go to silentgym.com and click on the podcast link and you'll just see hundreds of great interviews like this one today that encourage you to step into e-commerce, specifically the replens opportunity that we teach in the Proven Amazon course. And if you want to work one-on-one with one of our great coaches, we got about 60 of them. All of our coaches have a couple things in common. One, they've built an amazing business over an extended period of time using the content and training that we teach here. And two, they've got a teacher's heart. They truly care for others. They love getting in the weeds. And as Stephanie shared with us today, her coaches already had just a few calls, but they've already made tremendous progress. Really good people on our team. We'd love to hear from you. A link to that's at Silent Gym as well. If you're interested in our coaching. So on behalf of the entire team, my tremendous guest again, one more shout out. Thank you, Stephanie. Good work. Thank you very much. Pleasure getting to know you. And everyone who helps make this podcast possible, all our great sponsors. Hey, we'll have another great episode for you again real soon. God bless you, Business Building Warrior. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.